Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. 
like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. Clock. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. Clock. A camel Hello and welcome to another episode of Fighting Clock. I'm joined by Alex from Bristol. Hello. Alright, and I'm joined by Windy. Hello, mate. It's over Skype because... We've all got fucking lives, all right? Our lives don't revolve around the Fighting Cock podcast. Well, mine does, because he yeah, pays me, but, but still mentally it doesn't revolve around it. And if I and, and the boys want to take a few days out over the festive period to be with our families and really put in some, you know, family time and, and be a good person and maybe not meet up every single week, sometimes twice a week in the past, to record a podcast, then that's our prerogative. That's, all, that's up to us, all right? So all the people have been tweeting us, going, where's our fucking podcast? Where's our fucking... We've, been, we've lost to Chelsea, we've lost to Southampton. Where's the fucking podcast? Here's the podcast. If you don't like it, go and listen to The Extra Inch. Oh, fuck that. Free advertising, I'm doing well here. I would never do that, because I'm not a turncoat, yeah. like Windy. <laughs> it's, 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 it's essentially a B-Tech fighting cock. It's not, it's not, it's really good. You listen to it, it's actually really good. Mm. No, right. definitely. Well, look, this is this is it though, because this is the difference between the two people on the pod. So those that have been listening for a long time will understand what Alex and Bristol is. <laughs> <laughs> right. What type of animal he is? <laughs> and th- th- those that have been listening for a long time will know what type of animal Windy is, right? And they are very, very different. One of them really likes football in understanding the game. Okay, wow. so much so that he irritates a lot of people on Twitter, and a lot of people disagree with him. And then there's me. <laughs> and then and then there's Alex, who really no one responds to him when he talks about football because they don't respect his opinion. Which is which is an absolute travesty because I'm the one fucking qualified, right? I'm the one that's done this shit, right? And that's no actually, one listens. Annoyingly, that's true. Yes, it is true. He is qualified. He has his coaching badges at at some level. I think it's like Sunday League level coaching doesn't, badges. Doesn't matter what the level is. They let him put the cones out. <laughs> I am, Windy. I am the cone. <laughs> yeah. I am you know, the cone. Got, no, listen, right? We we have not. I don't think we have ever. I think we've done one podcast together, Wendy. Really? In real life? Well, I think that's partly down to the fact that you now live in Telford. Who knows the fuck where that is? And Wendy has gone on his own uh, on the on the extra inch. So there's, there's very little chance that you two will ever see each other again, unless you <laughs> go on the extra inch. <laughs> Could you imagine that? Right. So so Alex is very much a, like a. A, a blood and thunder type of, type attitude, you know, very old, like almost. I'd see him as like the Sam Allardyce of the family. That's very, that's unfair. I, that's hugely unfair. In, in okay, but, but G- that's how I see it. Pearson, at least. 
No, Sam Allardyce. And then you've got Windy on the other hand, who is 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 like the Brian Cox of <laughs> I want to say Blur. Is that, is that right, Brian Cox? What? He was, no, he who's, was the, who's, who's the guy who went mad and went Tory and ate loads of cheese? Oh Jesus! The um, oh God! What are you oh, talking about? Alex James. Alex James. He's the Alex James of Blur. He was never really cut out to be a rock star, but he understood he understood music, and that's why he uh, he was always going to be um, you know do well in a band. The classic <laughs> classic cultural reference for anyone over thirty. There, yeah, brilliant. <laughs> I, I don't know how we're going. Anyway, look, we've had a disappointing Christmas, and we're not going to go through every game because it's fucking boring, right? And I don't want to do it because it's it's been a quite a disappointing festive festive period. We've had wins, but nothing very convincing. And we've had a number of disappointing results. But before we go into the podcast, I want to start with Alex. I want you to tell me your most disappointing moment of your life, Al. Um, of what, of the entire life? Yeah, when you've been most disappointed. And, maybe, and hopefully it's something that you've done, and hopefully it involves your willy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can go that way if you want. Absolutely uh, want you to go that way. Uh, have, have you ever not been able to come, but really enjoying the sex that you're having? Yeah, all the time. Oh, really? No, not really. A couple of times, a couple of times. And, and usually they've been involved, you know, certain um, certain things that adults get up to on a night out. All right. Well, mine hasn't had any of that. Uh, I just, just went through, I went through this little phase of just not just it's just not happen, it just wouldn't happen. <laughs> so you what you're like a tra- you're like a piston engine, right? A traction engine with a piston on the end. Uh, and you could just go for it. That, this isn't a disappointment. This is a superpower, mate. It's not. It's not because uh, when you're as selfish as I am, uh, there, there comes a point where you're like, well, this is just ridiculous now. I might. It's it's, it's, it's like knitting an, a, a never-ending scarf. Right, that scarf. <laughs> that scarf could never be big enough. Right, you could keep going all you like. Right, but it's, if, if you're not going to be able to use the scarf at the end of it, if you're not going to be able to wrap it around the face, right, then it is pointless. Wrap it around her neck is what you're saying. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Uh, and so it's just, but then as soon as you start, uh, uh, it's in your mind. And then sometimes, you know, when you get up to, you know, you're building a crescendo, you can feel it coming. You're like, hello, just over this next hill. And then you get to the hill and you look up and there's another mountain. Uh, and it's, <laughs> it's really, really uh, demoralizing. Right, Alex, let me just, sorry, let's get this straight, right? You, your most disappointment disappointing part of your life is that you can have sex with a woman, maintain an erection, but not come. Sometimes. You, uh, this, this is the thing. You, you, you make out like you're a man of the people, but you don't understand the man of the people. He's, he's lived a privileged man. life. <laughs> very much so, very much so. Like, he, he's the only farmer I've ever known to become vegan and get away with it. What a fucking farmer. More or less. You, you grew up around them, you are one. Your family are all farmers and butchers, aren't they? Well... But half of them, yeah. But that's, yeah. But right. I'm just, just trying to... We don't want to go too downhill. I could go serious disappointed, but no one wants to hear that shit. But what, like sadness? So there's actual sadness in your life? Uh, well, yeah, 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 you know, yeah. There's, can, you, there's can, you round it up, can you round it up in about 20 seconds? Nah, let's not bother. All right, we'll save that for the next one. Actual right. sadness. We'll say one of the saddest parts <laughs> of your life. <laughs> Windy, go. Most disappointment in your life. Okay, I feel a bit guilty talking about this in front of um, Alex, but I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, so when I was growing up, I always had long hair. I had um, lots of different hairstyles, like like shoulder-length hair at one point. Um, and when I got to about 30, I think it's actually probably the day I hit 30, I started noticing that I was I was losing my hair. I was losing, like, 
what felt like clumps of hair and I was at that point I was um, in quite a stressful situation at work and I thought oh god I've got like alopecia or something <laughs> Wait, so, you know, uh, I fucking laugh talking about this yeah I know I know I've taken the mickey a little right, bit aren't I for the record but, Alex Alex is among the most he's actually probably not the baldest member of the Fighting Cop podcast but definitely among, second most <laughs> second most bald but he, he's the, the thing is he's he's, he's is short and bald, which is not a great no, combination. That's not what the thing is. The thing is, it went at twenty-three. Is the thing. It's got nothing to do with my height. Sorry, sorry. I, I, I do apologise, Al. I, I know this. I know I'm. Uh, it's very unfair of me to do this. Anyway, I um, I booked an appointment with this hair specialist. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. Anyway, I turn, I turn up to this place. You're you're not a man of the people either. There's two there's two weird things. There's a few weird things about the story. But one of them was I got there and I knocked on the front door um, of this house. The lady answers it and she goes, "You were meant to go around to the shed at the back." Just, like she didn't even say hello. Are you here about the hair appointment? It's just you meant to go around to the shed. That was that was weird. Anyway, go to walked, the shed. Yeah, I walked around to the shed and I walked in and there's like a little. Um, I don't know how to describe it. It was like a, a boudoir. It was smell <laughs> like a, a boudoir. They had a, a, a chaise long. And for fuck's sake, Wendy, you're not doing yourself any favours with men, men, when, people with boudoir when, and chaise longs, for fuck's sake. Wendy, did you accidentally visit a brothel? <laughs> no, that's not the disappointment. It gets worse. So um, there's incense burning and there's calming music on anyway. She, she sits me down and she sort of starts like going through my hair and it felt like she was literally looking follicle by follicle. I was there for ages and ages and ages. And she's asked me loads of questions. You've had stress in your life. What's going on? You know, do you take any vitamin supplements? What do you eat? What's your diet like? It's all these tests. And oh, but I've got so before this, she'd made me had blood tests taken as well. So I've had like what? the blood results are taken along with me. So there's everything going on. She's she's got armed with all this information, and then she goes, "Okay, I'm just going to go away and analyse the results, and I need you to um, to come and join me in in the other room uh, in five minutes' time." So I walk in, I sit down, and then she goes, "Okay, so um, I've analysed all the all the results." There's still this weird music playing in the background. I've, I've analysed all these all your results and um, I've had a, a good look through, and uh, I can confirm that uh, you've got the the start of male pattern baldness. It's <laughs> like great. For <laughs> fuck's sake! <laughs> did you what, did you on. did you say you took the blood test with you? Yeah, no. So I had to. What go did you have? Like a little folder? No, there wasn't a folder. There wasn't a folder. It was just a printout. I can imagine you would like separate it out into nice little colour charts. Alex, uh, sorry, uh, Wendy. So, hang on. You must have known you were going bald. I mean, you wouldn't have gone there. I, I, I definitely thought it was a possibility that I was going bald, but it was happening like at a rate of knots. Like, and, and right. to be fair, to be fair, it's calmed down a little bit. So I've got hair at the moment. I'm, I'm not doing too badly, but um, I thought maybe there was some condition, or maybe I was deficient in some vitamin. <laughs> no, all the tests, analyzing every follicle in my head, <laughs> all the incense and the music. Can I ask? Can I ask Wendy a question that is, but I can't ask Flav. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Who do you think's next, right, at the podcast that is going to be like me and Spooky and Rick? So it's either Flav or Bardi. Which which one do you think will be next? Oh, shush, shush now, shush. I think so. Bardi's Bardi's got a widow's peak forming. That's the thing. Oh, what? He, he's got the, the front, is the hairline is... is oh, the old McDonald's backwards. sign, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. He, but the thing is, he's he's quite luscious on top, isn't he? He's got, like, a really nice, thick head of curly black hair on top. Mm. I reckon, sorry, Flav, I think... Yeah. I think after right. me, he might be next to nine. That's OK, Wendy, because Alex knew the answer before he even started <laughs> answering the question, and he simply asked it to be a dick. <laughs> well, fuck right, you, that's... I'm five foot eight. 
What's next? You're five foot. You're five. Not five foot eight. You're five foot six. Everyone knows you're five foot six, but it's fine because and a half. Women find short, angry, bald men attractive. That's proven exactly. out. It's proven. Next. Absolutely. All right. So, um, yeah, it has been a very disappointing question. And I think the biggest thing I've had since... Sorry, my, I'm, I'm recording in my kitchen, just so you know. And you're probably hearing this dog whining in the back. And the issue here, um, those who don't know, I own a staff, right? A Staffordshire... Can you hear that? Yeah, I, I, I just love the fact that you give me so much shit about not having a proper mic like you two fucking laptop nerds. And you've got dogs in the background. Listen, Frank... He's supposed to be like this really kind of tough dog, right? He's a staff. They're known for tearing the throats out of children, right? Well, That's what they are, though, aren't they? Right? And my cat is sitting, eating his dinner, and he's doing nothing but <laughs> moan about it. <laughs> so we are, Frank! Kill the cat, eat your dinner! <laughs> eat your dinner! <laughs> if not, shut the fuck up! Right, sorted. Um... Yeah, it's been a, it's been a disappointing a bit disappointing time, isn't it? Because uh, it's it's very confusing. We, we've just we've got rid of Pochettino, a manager that we've we all loved and we appreciate the work he's done. But it's time to just you know fuck off with that and uh, and and, and realise we've got Jose Mourinho now. The really disappointing part of this is that nothing apart from the results has really really improved. So I've got a question for both of you to you know ponder over. Um, how the fuck do we fix this problem? What? What? How do we make us start playing well? Alex, I'll start with you. Uh, I think we should start with Wendy first. Go on, Wendy, we'll start with you. Well, Mourinho thinks it's by giving him time on the training ground. But I, I think it's more simplistic than that. I think he just needs to sign a midfielder as soon as possible. Like, literally every problem... Not every problem. Majority of our problems come from the fact that we haven't got um, a reasonable midfield pairing. We've got Ndombele, who looks really good, but seems now injured, but had had been looking really good. But there's no one obvious to partner him with. Like, you'd say it has to be Dyer at the moment in terms of the most suited, but Dyer's not playing especially well. There's a risk that he might not get back to the point he was at a couple of seasons ago where he was playing well. And that's an issue. And we're trying things now. Mourinho's trying to make things happen now to avoid playing through on midfield. And that is often playing into the hands of the opposition. So what, you're saying that the the lack of midfield means that he's playing direct long football? Exactly. Uh, to, to, to not rely on the inadequacies of the players that we have there. But you talk about the inadequacies. You know, Winks has been rated for a long time. And, and Dombele has shown patches of excellence when he's played. Sissoko played well there in midfield last season. Why can't he make these players work? So, I'm expecting you to really know the answer, but if you could estimate. The, so the main thing is that Winks and Sissoko both have their uses. They both got skill sets and can both do some things very well, but then neither of them are complete players in midfield. Neither of them has defensive capability. They're the numbers, I mean, this is very simplistic, but the numbers of tackles and interceptions from both Winks and Sissoko are really low for central midfield players. And we can't expect, like, you need to have at least one midfielder who will put in tackles and intercept the ball. It's just an obvious requirement. I'm not trying to be clever in saying that. It's just an obvious thing. You need one player to win the ball back, at least. Ideally, you'd have two that would do a bit of winning the ball back and share the load. And I think Ndombele can definitely do some of it, but he needs someone alongside him to free him up to sit there and actually do some of the dirty work. 
And um, like Winks has been out of the team for the last couple of games. I actually think he'd have been quite a useful player in the last two, and I'm surprised that he hasn't seen a bit more action. But maybe he'll come back into it. We'll see. Uh, what's your take on the situation? Um, not a million miles from that, actually. Uh, the, the issue is there is definitely an issue. There's an issue at fullback, and there's an issue in in, in the middle of the park. Um, the biggest issue for me is not not even necessarily the defensive part of the middle of the park. It's that it's that link between whoever plays between Ndombele and Winks and Suzuko or, who, or Dyer, whoever in that middle of the park, on connecting with that front three or four. Uh, I kind of take Kane out of that because he tends to drop deep as games come on anyway and he becomes part of it. But Mora, Mora Ali and, and Suzuko essentially played a, a, was, was playing on the right side of those three, wasn't he, on um, yesterday? Um, he was initially, yeah. Yeah, um, which... I've seen him play there before, but it, it, he plays better there when he's doing that as a defensive job in front of Aurier, not not going forward. Um, and you look at you, when you look at the two midfield together. I think Ward Prowse um, made ten interceptions yesterday, which is just mental, right? Because usually you would see him as was one of the players that would make one of the most more of the tackles in in, in a game, despite what people think about him. But he was just so easily able to read a lot of what we were trying to do when we were trying to play play the ball through the park that that's another reason why we ended up just started going long I mean not so much yesterday but against um, the, la- the last game against um, Norwich we played 33 long balls in the first half now I'm sorry but I, I don't, Norwich are bottom of the league right and, and if you're telling me that I don't mean you with you I just mean in general if, if you're telling me that people like Moore and Ericsson and um, and the belly and Ali and people like that can't work their way through a midfield against who is bottom of the lead, despite how expansive they are. Then there's something else that's wrong here. And, What's that then? Well, it just doesn't look like what I expected when Mourinho to come in was there would be. It might not be pretty, which I was prepared for, but I thought there would be a very, very obvious structure about what he wanted and what he was going to do. At the minute, it kind of seems to seem to play 20 minutes one way, try and do 20 minutes another way. And I don't know whether that's the players just taking it amongst themselves because they're not doing what they're being asked to do, or they don't like what they're being asked to do. But it's definitely one of the two, in my opinion. And I can't... It's it's genuinely disappointing in terms what, of... Go on. What do you think the answer is then? If, if the players... If it's true, and I, I don't think Alex is that far from the truth, really. I, I think they're probably not excited by the tactics. And Mourinho thinks that the, there are problems in this squad that mean that he can't potentially play the one, the way he wants to. And he sees the limitations in the squad, whether that be through motivation. And if it is motivation, then a complex tactical system for every game isn't going to be one that works, but one that's more simple and just applies the basics to to what these players can do on any, any day of the week might work better <clears throat> it what like what what do you think is is going on there are, are the players uninspired by Mourinho's tactics or is it just simply a case of there is a hangover from Pochettino's tenure at Spurs he's had them for six weeks I mean yeah sure you get a new manager bounce we did have a little bit of that but I, I just think it's unreasonable to expect him to come in and change things immediately it's particularly with the number of games we've had obviously we've had 
a hectic Christmas schedule. But even before that, we were playing Champions League matches as well. So it's often two games a week. And so the work you're doing on the training ground is simply recovery work. There's not really a time to do any kind of deep tactical stuff. So I wouldn't have expected him to kind of try and implement anything too complicated yet. I guess the problem is that you're going from one like very definite style of play in in what Pochettino was implementing, this kind of possession-based positional play model where you're playing through midfield, you're playing from the back at, at all costs. We don't ever kick the ball long. It's just not our way. Suddenly we're changing that. And, and particularly for Mourinho's first few games, there was there were some kind of simplistic, notable tactical changes, which were the left back was staying back, Eric Dyer was in, was coming into midfield and was holding, mm-hmm. and we were booting the ball long from goal kicks and playing percentage football a lot more. But like they were the obvious three things he did straight away, and weirdly he's he's come away from all three of those except for the going long. He's he's come away from Dyer playing and the, the the kind of deeper defensive left back in the last three games, and we've not done quite so well. So perhaps. Perhaps like an, uh, an immediate change you can make is to go back to that style that he that he first implemented in those first few. So, Wait, the, so you think? Sorry, go on. Uh, so just, just quickly, just quickly before before, before we move on. Do you, so you think that he's he's got a that he he's moving away from what got us those points in the first instance because that's not really the way he wants to play, but he saw it as the quickest fix. And that perhaps there is a new way that he's playing that isn't working because. For well, for for whatever reason we don't know, but there that the, he may be transitioning to a new way of play, and that's why the performance has suffered somewhat. Yeah, and and the thing is, there's there's so many other factors as well. So he's got major injury problems to contend with. Then Son got himself sent off ridiculously. <laughs> then Winks and Sissoko got themselves booked and suspended. So it's it's really difficult for him to know. Firstly, what players he's going to be able to put out in the next game and then to try and rotate them in some kind of way that stops players getting injured, i.e. what happened to Kane and Ndombele was probably partly as a result of the fact that Son got himself sent off and Winks and Sissoko got themselves booked. Because he had to play him. Well, they, they, they've had, Kane, to, they've had, had to play, play more minutes than, than is probably a good idea. They've been suffering from muscular fatigue and so that makes you more <laughs> susceptible to muscular injuries, which they've now both got, seemingly. Alex, what was you going to say? I was just going to say, I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not overly on stats and stuff, as, as, as you know, but uh, I felt bad after uh, yesterday, after the amount of shit that I was given, what I, you know, not necessarily Mourinho, but but the the approach that we've had to the last two games. So, so I mean, I looked at it yesterday. We had we had sixty percent possession. We had just as many shots as them. We had a higher pass success rate. We made more dribbles. We won just as many aerial battles. We won more tackles. Uh, we had more corners. They were dispossessed more times than us, which I found incredible. Mm. Um, and so that's what leads me to believe that it's not necessarily a plan side of things. Maybe there is a plan there. Maybe there is something that they're being asked to do, but they're just either not willing or not able to carry it out. And that's what worries me more. About about what I've seen in the last few games, you, you know me. I'm 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 pretty positive. I'm not I'm not massively reactionary when it comes to this type of stuff. But those last two games against two teams, all right. Southampton have had a great festive period, but against two teams, really. But but we should be able to beat just off the back, off the basis of the type of players that we have. You know, and I think you said that yesterday, didn't you, Willie? But you know, you weren't particularly happy with the lineup, but you thought man for man, we should be all right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like we, we definitely should be beating Southampton with, without a shell of a doubt. We should be beating Southampton with the players we've got. Even though I would say, 
I mean, I agree at the moment we're playing well below our best and I think there's a massive confidence issue there. But even if you kind of get confidence levels back up and I think performances will improve when that happens, I do still think there are sort of three or four players, maybe even four or five players in the team who just fundamentally aren't good enough for where we want to be. And that's that's happened on Pochettino's watch. He's He's let the squad get to a point where it's unbalanced... And there are some substandard players there. Yeah, yeah. I just, I, my, I've never, and, and, and I wonder if this is if this is about the level of expe- expectation because we talked a bit about this in the five statements, which is the Patreon podcast that we we put out after each game, and the level of expectation from Spurs fans may be a part of the problem now. All, all fans of, of all clubs expect more than what's currently being displayed on the pitch, even if you're flying. Like, uh, perhaps that's a bit of a grand statement. Like Maybe Liverpool and Leicester fans are pretty happy, but by and large, everyone else is unhappy with how their season's going and want more. And that's sort of by the by. It's, 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 just, uh, 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 it's just a case of, of following your side and, and wanting more than what you're getting. We've had... We, I think someone, I can't remember where this came from, someone posted a tweet or something, but we we were so far ahead of schedule under Pochettino that, that came what came with that was a level of expectation which is never sustainable. And there are always going to be points in a club's career when you're building towards success that has these moments of drabness or disappointment or inertia where things aren't exactly how you want them to be. And I kind of feel like the most healthy position right now would be not to throw your toys out the pram uh, or, or the baby out the bathwater, as Alex likes to say, and, and just simply just simply wait, relax, wait, realise that we, we, we have a good squad that has its problems, but we have a good squad. And that over time, this and a great manager and... You know, an amazing stadium, training field, and a, and, a, and a chairman that potentially wants to invest now. That, that, that these are momentary um, issues, and if we just hold tight, it, it will be okay. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, I think that is completely fair. I, I, I would usually agree with that type of stuff, but I, I'm genuinely concerned with the last, with the last few displays because it's not a Tottenham performance individually that I recognise. And I, I agree with you with the whole point of, of us being so far ahead. It's what I said for the last few years. I've said that, you know, we've massively overachieved and, and at some point this this, this bubble will burst. Um, and we have no right, really, when you look at the financials, the stadium will bring this eventually, but when you look at the financials, we have no right to be in the top four at all. Uh, but what has worried me about the last couple of games is I think Bardi tweeted yesterday about you can't fault the effort. I can fault the effort for the last two games. Yeah, that's, what been, that's what you always do, Al. No, always I, no it isn't. I do the complete opposite. I do the complete opposite. I've, I've never, ever doubted a, a Spurs team's effort since... And I said I said this when I replied to him. The, the last time I can genu- genuinely remember thinking that, sometimes you have a little bit of reaction a minute after a full-time whistle, but when you sit and think about it, you think, well, I've just been a knob. But really, the last genuine time I felt like that is after we played United in the FA Cup. Uh, and the red map uh, and we had like half a team out and I remember there was a ball that bounced in the in the box and uh, both teams didn't even bother going for it as much how much little I think it was a league cup actually that how little both teams cared about that game 
and I've not remembered feeling that since since then. But I've I've thought I felt it against Norwich and against um, and yesterday, and it's hard to describe. And there's nothing that backs it up. There's no numbers, but it feels it. I, th- I think no. that's the confidence thing, though. I, I do. I really yeah, feel but- like they just they're feeling a bit sorry for themselves. They're they're burnt out after some really intense years of trying to get the best out of them, and they, and they just need to find something to, to cling on to and, and, and build that fragile confidence and, and belief in themselves and the structure and their teammates all over again. Yeah, hopefully. We had a question uh, from Sexy X Sissoko. I think it's one like a Twitter, football Twitter guys. Do you know those guys? No. Well, they... they 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 don't have their they don't no one knows who they are are they they're like they're like twelve to sixteen year olds who create a Twitter account and um, they use a player and then add some sort of noun in front of it like it might be sexy Sissoko or it might be or, or, or adjective in front of it or football or, or no what would what would the other be uh, um, Lamella edition or whatever it is right they're all like these virgins that are on uh, internet <laughs> and they, they anyone anyone who disagrees with them that they they get them on mass uh, and they get them on mass by not caring what the other person has said which is admirable it's almost like a virus that has no regard uh, of the opinion or, or, or thoughts of other people and then on mass they collectively get them it's good um, anyway sexy Sissoko, he says Maybe Tungi is the dr- uh, is the drug dealers, and Tungi is pretending to, pretending to be injured. So, sorry, maybe Tungi is a drug dealer, and Tungi is pretending to be injured so he can sit at home and snort cocaine. What? Does that I mean? Is there any basis in truth in, in in that? Do you think maybe he's a drug dealer and he snorts cocaine and pretending to be injured just so doesn't have to play? It was it was Lamella last time, wasn't it? He was the uh, the drug addict, coke, the coke addict. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Al, what, what's what's wrong with with Tungi and Dombele? Why why does he keep getting injured? Because it's a little bit worrying. Because you remember that that Arsenal Twitter account that yeah. said that Arsenal were going to buy him, lined him up, and then <clears throat> there was something wrong with him, and their their club doctors said do not sign this player, and Spurs went on, went ahead and signed him anyway. Uh, are, the, are the chickens coming home to roost now? <laughs> let's let's just hope that he's been vastly unlucky. Um, I he, he does seem a player that does start to feel sorry for himself once he gets a knock or two. Maybe it is a question of adjusting to a much more physical league. Um, but he does he does have a look to me about like someone who takes a couple of knocks early on. I think if you went, if I was playing against him and he turned me like he turns people in the first couple of minutes, I think I'd go and hit him and see if he comes back. And I don't think he comes back at the minute. My understanding of your sort of psyche as a footballer is just generally just hit people. You're like a, like this Luddite Sunday league. It's what you should do in life. If someone's, if someone's doing something that is derogative to you or making you look like a mug... Little chin check. Just go and just go and hit them with something. That might be that might be you know putting something in their pigeon box to scare them, <laughs> or it might be or it might be chinning someone. But go probably and do it most, and see and see most... if they come back. And most often than not, especially when you're playing football, if they've got some pink boots on or little white boots with a little flash on it, <laughs> go and give them a kick. And nine times out of ten, they don't come back. Point, you, in, you are, point in case, body. You you are you are that guy, aren't you? Where someone comes on pink boots, they're a bit flash. They're probably they're they're probably a little bit insecure, which is why they're wearing pink boots. They're probably not as good as they think they are. They know that, 
and you're the guy in a pair of fucking black Adidas World Cups. Yeah, but more likely like matchstick Woolworths boots. Woolworths. And you're a good footballer, but you can't afford anything else. So you you go out and you think I'm going to hurt him because he's got more money than me. That that's what this is about, Alex. You're you're a spiteful man. And you want, you, you, you know people, full well right? that it's rare for people to have more money than me, right? So, oh, let's, do, 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 I mean, that's that's why you voted Tory, right? Let's go, let's go to uh, um, another. Actually, no. For, for, I want to know what Windy thought of Tungi uh, and Dombley. What do you think of his his career at Tottenham so far? Um, you know, he, is he the player we hope that he can be? So there's a person on Twitter called Joel Vertheimer, and he tweeted this on Boxing Day. Just going to timestamp this. We're about a month or two away from reports that Spurs thought and Dombley just had a groin pull, but it turns out it was a sports hernia requiring surgery. And I, I'm really worried that he's right. and that Because the, the, apparently those two injuries, just a, like a, a minor groin pull and a hernia, can um, be mis... They, they can easily be confu- confused for one another. And it really would not surprise me if it turned out that he's got a hernia. Hence, he's had a discomfort for some time. Hence, he was injured when he first came. He's arrived at Spurs. Pochettino's been doing double sessions to get him up to speed. Then he's come into the team. He's come back out again because he's in pain. It scares me that that is what it is. Um, But if it is what it is, just fucking get the surgery done. Surely they can diagnose it now. Get it done. Get it sorted. Deal with it. We're not going to do fuck all this season, are we? We, we, We're going to finish fifth, right? We're gonna finish yeah, do it now. Going to... Do it. Do it now. Just get it over and done with. Scan get that. it done. Scan that get him fit. Get him back out there. Yeah, it's so remember... annoying because he looks so good. He's so good. That, He's very um, good, isn't he? That second half, I, I thought against Norwich. To be honest, people were saying the second half he was amazing. I thought he was good all game, but in in particular the second half, he was just ridiculous in the way he was just rolling players and then galloping into like 10, 15 yards of space and playing a forward pass. He, he was everything that I wanted from him. Wendy, you got into a little bit of stick about that tweet, didn't you? Some people didn't admire it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't, you don't have to say anything. It's best I don't speak. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I mean, I think some of the criticism was about the cost of the transfer and that... I mean, that is... Anyone who's had that argument in this day and age is a fucking knob. Right, hang on a second. Wendy, you just said you're not going to speak, and then you started to speak. So one or the other, right? And Alex, <laughs> you you're fine. You carry on. <laughs> um, look, he's I, look. The cost of a transfer is irrelevant. Um, so much about a transfer is about what a club is willing to accept to let their player go, not what he actually costs. So that's not that. But I, I, for the record, against Norwich in the second half, part of the reason why we were dominant is because of his ability on the ball and how well he was doing in midfield generally. And I would say the same, the part of the reason why we were so comfortable against Southampton, and people forget this Southampton game, it, we, it was really frustrating and at times very boring. But before Ndombele came on, we had complete control of that game. We were dictating play, we were forcing errors. I think part of the, the, the reason why those statistics were in our favour, Alex, when you mentioned them earlier was because of that first opening 20 minutes where we were completely dominant. We didn't create much, but we had the ball when the game was being played at our, pit, uh, at our pace. And a, a large part of that was Ndombele, and which is why it was so fucking frustrating once again to see him go off and be out for 
fuck knows. If it is a hernia, then we're talking months. If it isn't, then weeks. If it's like a, a, a fuck knows, mate, he's out. That's the only, the, the only thing we need to worry about. So and to, and to, back to, in... to be fair, like that is a classic Mourinho game, isn't it? You you keep it tight <sighs> for 80 minutes and he's turned the screw in the last 10 and you force a win. And that would we'd have all been happy with that away from home. Yeah, definitely. Given the fact that they've just beat Chelsea away from home as well, 2-0, yeah. wouldn't they? Um, okay, we've got another question, and there's a lot of these. Is uh, This one's from Sloan Glory Glory. He says, when do you think Enoch will be hoping to sell the club? Other people have said it's time for them to go. A lot of heat getting thrown at Enoch. Joe Lewis is saying, um, a lot of people are saying about Joe Lewis, why doesn't he spend? Um, what, what, what are your, what's your opinion, first come to you, Al, of Daniel Levy and Enoch's running of the football club? And do you agree with the people who want them to sell to, I, I presume, some sort of money-rich Arab where glory is their aim rather than anything else? Alex? <laughs> he's fallen off his chair. All right, he's gone. Uh, Wendy, go on. I'll get him back. I don't know how I feel about um, an Arab taking us over. Right, but how do you feel about, uh, uh, you know, Enoch and... So they've been, they've controlled a club for a long time now. And I think we could all go back over that period and pick out negative things that have happened. For example, the Stratford thing, the way Martin Yole was handled, perhaps even the way Pochettino was sacked. But I think it'd be very difficult to argue that they haven't done a pretty incredible job given the state the club was in when they took over and the state the club's in now, like, we are financially sustainable for the foreseeable future. We've got the best stadium in the world. We've got one of the best training grounds in the world. That's infrastructure that's going to last for decades and will maintain our position as one of the elite clubs in European football for decades. So in one sense, yeah, there have been some frustrations and I think we could all look at the kind of perceived lack of spending as a problem. But they've they've cut their cloth accordingly, and they've they've moved the club forward. And I think now we will now we have a stadium with this increased revenue. We will start to see increased spending. We'll start to see the kind of the wage structure change. Perhaps starting with out of world's new contracts, which has been unusual. And, yeah. and things will move forward. Yeah, because a part of the problem is is or part of the, part of the argument against the Enoch and whatnot is is about them not spending. It's about the spending. And that it it's like they're not they're only interested in maintaining at Tottenham, and it isn't about going after the glory in 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 football. Which unless like you know if, unless you're Sheikh Mansour at Man City, that their motives were that, and they they went after that. It's very rare that something like that happens. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, so, and, and the the thing that annoys me is people say they're only interested in profit; they don't care about the football. And I'm like, well. They'll make more profit if we're doing well. So it'll be counterproductive for them to deliberately take money out of the club and let the club fail. That would be ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely. And I just think that it's... I I think that you, you can't judge Enoch now, in my opinion, or, or more specifically, Daniel Levy, because Joe Lewis has, has never had anything to do with Tottenham. It's just nope. one part of many companies he owns. So anyone who mentions Joe Lewis... Like, just that they want him to just pile money into the football club. He owns, he's not there for the football. He probably he's didn't even watch the Champions League final. He's not there for Tottenham. So stop fucking mentioning Joe Lewis. He doesn't give a shit. He never give a shit. 
And your idea that owners of football clubs want to, that are only interested in, or should only be interested in, in spending for success is so long gone. Like, forget about it. Ian excelling is nothing to do with Joe Lewis. If you if you're aiming that at Daniel Levy, that's a different conversation because he's responsible for this football club and only responsible for this football club. He does nothing else. Joe Lewis could give a fuck about Tottenham. Stop mentioning his name. He's not gonna, <laughs> he's, he's not going to pile half a billion pounds into Tottenham. Just fucking forget it. It's boring. I never want to hear his, hear his name again. But Daniel Levy, Daniel Levy, that argument could be made at him. And now. He's never going to pile money in because he's not. He, he isn't the. He's got. He hasn't got his hand on the account. But he's got his hand on the accounts around Tottenham, and for that, it's a case of, um, it's a case of, uh, you, you know, waiting and seeing because he's done loads. He's done loads to, 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 to build Tottenham to the point where we're at now, and you, if he if he isn't spending in two years, if we go through. January and, and the summer next year without signing any player, then major major questions need to be asked about Daniel Levy. But last year, he's, he bought players. He's built a stadium. He's built a training ground. He's, he's brought in Mourinho at massive expense. Let's see what he does in the next two windows and then criticise him, because now it's too early. Yeah, but the, the, the issue is, right, is who, what, other, what other clubs go out there and spend the type of money but Spurs fans seem to be asking... People, for us to spend you know really it's only United Liverpool have made two massive signings right but other than that you know relatively on the similar sort of level to us and, and City no one else does it so I don't understand what people think it's a sell say, say Enoch and Joe Lewis sell to I don't know there's that rumour going around isn't it, for the head of the for the owner of the Seahawks or whoever it is uh, of the um, the Patriots, right? Craft or whatever. They're not going to come in and spend and, and and just pile in loads of money into it either because it's just a complete false economy. It just doesn't yeah. happen. And plus, you can't get around it anyway with fair with financial fair play now. So what I'm saying is, people, you can have to what, get used to what's going to happen now because this is what's going to happen no matter who is in charge. What what do people want when when they're saying get rid of Enoch? What what do they want to replace him? With? Well, what they want is uh, what they want is is for us to go through what City have gone through, which, which like you say, is impossible. It's you impossible. can't it physically, it legally can't happen now. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> so what are we what what are we doing now? How do we what what, what we, we, we we're sacking Enoch? <laughs> we're, we're sacking Daniel Levy like they don't own the fu- football club. The club belongs to us. Like we can do. FC Hotspur of Tottenham, mate. That's yeah, like th- if you genuinely, genuinely want a change, and you want to support a club you love, then then it's it's grassroots for you, you, that you've got to go because the days of fans actually having a, a single modicum of control over a football club are long gone. Yeah. Long gone. We're supporting a global franchise right now. We're supporting a brand that gets syndicated across the world, and I get that's horrible, and I get it's, I get it's uh, dispiriting and a little bit just sad. But that's long gone. That, that's been the case long for gone. a long, long, long time. And Wendy, sorry, we we did it. We fucking did it. Our club did it. Our club was the start of this. Yep. Irvin Scholar floated us on the stock exchange. We yep. did this ages ago. So it's like Daniel Levy is club of firsts, mate. Yeah, that was yeah. The greatest first was changing football and remove and, and stripping it from the fans. 
a non-membership system, a shareholders, uh, share, share, a shareholder system where the fans are a client. Probably <laughs> never seen a client reference every, number as well. Exactly. exactly. Everything gets too big, right? Everything gets too big to a point where the the roots that got it there are, are no longer visible, right? And that's that's just like look at us. You know, the, you lot used to record in the pub. Now look at us: coke, champagne, every day. Brasses. Exactly, every Alex, time we beat up. When's the, Alex, last time Alex, the, Alex, when's the last time we didn't sniff cocaine out of Wendy's arsehole? Tell me that. No, I, I don't know how to sniff cocaine other than from Wendy's arsehole. Exactly. I know, it's like, now it's become like, it's, you know, like a wind tunnel. You want to insist it tastes, <laughs> you, you insist it tastes better that way. It does, it does, but just does. Do you, and this is the thing, and these, and these plebs, these plebs are picking up like half a gram off of some dodgy street dealer who, you know, you're not really buying cocaine, but you're sniffing it because you hope it's cocaine. And then you sniff it and you realise it's not cocaine, but it still looks like cocaine, so you still sniff it. We're sniffing 100% pure cocaine from Wendy's arsehole and we will not do it any other way. I don't, I don't even need it, right? I, I pretend it's flour for my blueberry muffins. Right? Yeah, I, yeah. Don't even need it. Exactly. What's the point again? I'm not sure. <laughs> Something about Joe Lewis. <laughs> yeah. All right. I think on that note, we'll we'll, we'll call it a day. But I've um, can I just say, boys, I've I've really missed this, and I, I hope one day that again that we do get Wendy and Alex and myself and the boys in a room together to um to to, to, to revisit this type of podcast because a lot of us do via Skype. Um, and much easier to do in person, but this this felt like a little bit like the fighting cock of old, and I loved it. That's why Windy and I is just us two is a show in its own making. This, I think you give yourself too much credit. No, nah, this this is the we could be like the Cleveland show. There'll be a novelty factor. It'll end prematurely. But I don't know what the what's the Cleveland show. It's like a spin-off from Family Guy. I think you're more likely to be like the Joey spin-off from Friends. I feel like we'd be, we'd be a lot more like Drew Geordie and Alex would be sending saucy DMs. <laughs> can you not put me in that position, please? Um, uh, can, I, um, can I just end this podcast, Alex, and, 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 and ask you for a story um, about your, your most disappointing sexual experience? Not one where you, oh, I can't get an erection, I can't come some fucking loads of birds and they're loving every minute of it. I want one way where you're genuinely... You know, you come away from it going, geez. Uh, I have got a good one, actually, right? It was a bank holiday weekend. <laughs> uh, Settling, that. It was nine... Uh, I'm trying to think. I was probably 19 or 20, right? At that point, uh, I, I'd only had... Um, I'd only had full sex with a woman twice. Okay, that. can you also describe what you look like exactly? What, what, how would people describe uh, what you look like? Uh, I'd say... I'd say, like, uh, I kind of... A kind of slightly West Country Jonathan Ross. Right? Did you have hair? Oh yeah, bunches of it. People used to call me Dana Ross, mate. Because <laughs> right? I, I used to try and grow it long, but it wouldn't grow down. It would only grow out. So, <laughs> um, so anyway, it was a bank holiday weekend. It had been it had been lean in 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 the in the Shire. Um, and so I was I was at the pub with uh, with a, with a group of friends, and there was this girl I was trying to you know chat up. Uh, but she's she wasn't falling for it, truth be told. But anyway, she she bought a friend, a posh friend from an all girls school called Poppy. Right. So we started chatting at the 
at the at the bar and just you know talk about. She was like, "Oh, I haven't had sex in ages, and I'm just you know I'm down. Yeah, I've just fancy a, a fun weekend." So I was like, "Well, I'm your man." Um, and uh, <laughs> so she was like, "You know, but I'd, I'd like it to be like a business deal." This is her exact words. I'd like it to be like a business deal, kind of just in and out. You know, we don't tell anyone. You know, I'm doing you a favor, you're doing me a favor. Excellent. Right. So I said, "All right, well, let's let's get in a car." Uh, and she was like, okay, can we go back to your house? I was like, of course, six miles away, love. No no problem. So get get in the uh, Vauxhall Vectra, and we're driving, driving down um, uh, through the Cotswolds to my, to my house. Um, uh, and we get there, and I was like, I haven't got any condoms. She was like, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? He's what? just letting you talk, and he's gone. He's gone off to make a cup of tea or something. No, no. Listen, listen. This is the maddest shit, right? Because uh, I didn't hear that, right? Because what happened was, right? I'm not, I can't. This wasn't planned, right? My dog was just started barking at the window, right. and I, I live in the middle of nowhere, right? I live in a house, and it's a semi-detached. But there's no other houses around, so there's two houses. Get to the point. I have to describe this to show you how insane this was, right? So I'm in the middle of nowhere. There's no one here, right? It's Christmas. And next door to us is a house of six Polishmen. Polishmen, right? No, they are men from Poland. How else am I supposed to describe them? They work on Poles. the farm. They... Poles. All right, sorry, six Poles, right? But they're men, not women. And, oh. um, and, and I, I, someone knocked on the door. Right. And um, it, was, uh, it was one of the Polishmen. They've been gone for two weeks. Poles! Poles. Poles. There, was, there was a pole. He knocked at the door. And he's, he's still there. He's still there. Uh, I've asked him to go away, but he's still there. Um, I've told him I'm doing a podcast. He's given me a glass of sherry and told me to go around his house. That was during your, your story. So that's so sweet. That, that's, it is sweet. They can't speak English. So right, I've got so to go you, around the house for a glass of sherry right now. Anyway, I've got to go, because if, if I don't go, they'll probably stab what? me and rape me. But I was having a story. I'll finish oh, the next oh, podcast you're on. No, no, finish something more. Finish the story. Finish the story. I thought you'd uh, finished. I I'll take you. I need at least five minutes. It's pointless. Carry on, carry on. No, well, I'll record it separately for Patreon. Sign up for Patreon. You don't, no, record it. Finish. I've got to let the dog out. The dog wants to see the punishment. Right, fine. Anyway, so we're going back to my house. I said, right, I got no condom. She was like, well, you're going to have to fix this, right? So I was pretty sure that I had a condom in. I had one of those IKEA wardrobes, you know, with the little pockets on the side. And I was like, right, I've, I've, uh, I've definitely got one in there. So I get one, find one. I was like, right, house is empty. Do you want to come in? She's like, actually, I'd quite like to have sex in the car. And I was like, I've not had sex in the car before, due to only the, the twiceness. So I said, sure, right. So we went round to a garage I know, a car garage, right, but it's got like a little siding bit down through some lanes. So we went there, uh, got into the back, had a, had some weed. And then got got into the back and, and got <laughs> down to it. Had some weed. Yeah, got got into the back and, and, and got down to it. Right. So first of all, every, everything's going really well. Right. I'm thinking this is great in the car. So it's going to go back to the pub. Can't wait to tell them. Right. So I was in the little middle bit on the back, so that she you know had room to to climb on. And she was and she was going you know she was riding away. And then I thought, well, I'm going to mix things up a bit here. So went to went to kind of put her on her back on the lay her on her back on the on the back seat. And I'm going to punch her in the face. Yeah, then thought, right, I'll, I'll, go, I'll go in now. But the, the back seat of the, of the Corsa, it wasn't a Vectra, it was a Corsa, it, it's a small space, right? So I couldn't quite manoeuvre her just to get where I went. So I was, trying to, I was trying to become inside her, right, 
whilst kind of almost like in a missionary period uh, position. But I, just, I just couldn't do it. And it was just a really awkward little period of about three minutes where I was trying to get it in, whilst I was trying to get some space, trying to get some movement <laughs> going. It just wasn't happening. And she, right, uh, just went, oh, I'm done. oh, I'm done. That was great. Thanks. Right? <laughs> so I was like, oh, really? And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Excellent. Probably in my top five, that. That was exact words. <laughs> so, so like, fair play, fair play to her, though. Probably my right. top five in a pixel course. Yeah, and I was like, well, well, you know, I haven't quite finished it. She's like, yeah, but you know, let's we should probably get back now. So I had to come out and take the condom off, which is horrible. Taking the condom off is the worst bit about it ever. ever <laughs> it is, it is ridiculous, right? Um, so I pulled it off and I went to throw it out the window. Window wasn't open, so it slapped against the window like that. So I had to peel it off and then open the door and just drop it out, right? Get didn't back you, didn't to- you ask? Ask if you could bend her over the bonnet. No, I wasn't confident enough then, Flab. Yeah, I was just lucky that she, but someone had talked to me at that point, right? Oh. So got back, got back to the pub, right? Everyone was like, "How'd it go?" I was like, "Excellent." It was uh, cracking, that right? Then I got a text message from a girl that I actually quite liked, from the girl I quite liked, who I'd been trying it on with, and she was like, "Do you know what? I think we're not going to know whether like we're compatible enough until we fuck." I was like, "Are you kidding?" She's like, "No." She's like, "Can you come round now?" I was like. Obviously, absolutely. Got in the car, drove straight round there. She lived about three miles away. Got there, got to her house, and she had loads of her friends around, right? So I went round, and I sat on her bed. Uh, they were chatting. She was like, I'll give us 20 minutes, and then we'll leave. We'll get back to yours. I said, all right, no problem, right? Uh, get, led there, and I was like, oh, my legs are hurting, like my quads, right? Uh, and so I was just kind of led there for a little bit. I was just, I must have been rubbing it. She was like, what's the matter? And I was like, well, oh, just pulled a muscle at boxing. You know, it's good footwork. Um, uh, so anyway, so it went back to hers, right? It was just after my mum and dad had split up, right? And he started going La Rock dancing. Now, I don't know if you've heard of La Rock dancing before. I haven't. But yeah, well, he essentially just went there to meet women, right? Uh, and he was there with some random bird. I mean, we're talking weeks after they split up, not long, right? So he was there with some random bird. I walk in with this girl who he obviously didn't know. So we're all chatting and having a drink in, in, the, in the kitchen. And he's like showing me his moves and stuff. Um, and then I was like, oh, we're going to go to bed, Dad. And he was like, hey, come here a minute, son, come here. So I come over and he said, um, what are you doing? I said, well, what do you mean? He said, where are you going, my friend? I said, well, upstairs. He was like, I don't think that's a good idea. You know, this is my house. You know, I have a bit of respect. You know, <laughs> uh, and I was like, well, where is she going to sleep then? Pointing at, the, at, the, uh, at his bed. And he's like, well, it's a good point. I'm, I'm glad we've had this chat. I'll see you in the morning. <laughs> And that was that, all in one night. Excellent bank holiday, that was. Done. Sorry, hang on. Sorry, I don't understand what's happened. What what happened? What? What, she, so your your bird went upstairs? Yeah, I had, I had uh, again, relatively disappointing sex uh, upstairs. That, that one, because I'd been holding on to this massive load, that was done in seconds, mate. Right. So, um, look, but actually, look, I, that, again, this is what you do. You know, you know that's not a bad story because you've actually had sex twice after having not having sex for so long. Yeah, but she, she, there's no way that she didn't tell everyone. That girl was just like, oh, yeah, well, let's, let's forget about that. You know, it was great. It was my top five. She clearly, obviously, went back and told every girl in that girl's school about some yeah. uh, chubby little melt. That... Everybody, everybody <laughs> needs lear- learning experiences, though, don't they? They need learning experiences. And now, I've got to say, you're in my top five lovers of all time, Mel. <laughs> Good. I'm going to put that on... 
Put it on your LinkedIn. Do you want to hear? Yeah. Um, do you want to hear a story from the other end of the spectrum? Yes, yes. absolutely, one hundred percent. So I, I've been meaning to tell this in the pod for a while. Uh, <laughs> yes. So this this we're going back ten years. Uh, so I was in a job that I I really liked. I had a really really nice boss. He was really cool. We used to go out for drinks and stuff. He was a, a good laugh and a good boss. And I was in a period of time in my life where I just like you know when just bad things happen in twos or threes. I'd had two family members um, were both diagnosed with with quite bad conditions at the same time. And so I was Where's like... Where's this going? Where is this going? <laughs> You've heard this before, I think, but listeners weren't done. Anyway, went out for um, some work drinks in central London. Oh, I know what you're going to say. <laughs> we, had, we, had a, we had a few drinks and we're having a great time. And uh, we we're, were in this in this bar and it was full of people. It was like probably, probably around this time of year, to be fair, like maybe just before Christmas. Everyone was on good form. Everyone's having a laugh, and my, my boss pulls me to one side and said, "I just need, I need to let you, I need to tell you something." And I was like, "Okay, yeah, yeah, of course, fine. Yeah, it's, it's quite, it's quite serious. It's quite a major thing." I was like, "Okay, yeah, let's go outside, let's go outside." And he says, I, "I've, I've taken another job. I'm going to be leaving." And I really like this guy. He was a really nice bloke, but I was like, at the same time, your boss leaving isn't the end of the world. He, he was taking it a lot more seriously than I was. Like, I wasn't that. Bothered about it. <laughs> I know what this is. <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> the last couple of weeks of all this bad news caught up on me and I just <laughs> burst into tears <laughs> uncontrollable tears like I've never cried before and like he was like oh my god I'm I didn't know you'd be that upset I'm really I'm so sorry I really if I'd known it was going to be like this I wouldn't have told you in public like I know I should have I should have told you I should have told you separately I knew it I knew I should have told you to and I was like no 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 it's not that but I couldn't get my words out through the the sobbing yeah oh wait doing that thing like it's not that I was like like, 45 minutes later everyone's coming out like what's going on what's But at that point, you were past it, weren't you? You'd passed the, the build-up of emotion that made you to react like that, and then you've just got all these people coming up, like, thinking that the, you're, um, you know, just a little, you know, maybe a little bit too sensitive. Yeah. I didn't stop crying until I literally had to go home, got on the train, <laughs> travelled 45 minutes home, walked home, and only then did I stop crying. <laughs> God bless you. Wendy, honestly, you... People, people that don't know, listen to this, right? Wendy and Alex are two of the nicest people I've, I've ever met. And certainly, like, I love everybody on the podcast, but in terms of just being nice, good, decent human beings, you two are the nicest I've met. And uh, and that just, just, just sums up. Like, one, Alex, you know, not insisting in, in a thumb in his cock into coming a bird. And <laughs> Wendy crying, crying over a boss that um, didn't mean a great deal to him, but, you know, it all built up in him because he's a sensitive guy. Those, those, that's why. That's why you're the nicest guys. Uh, and on that note, we're going to end it because the punishment is still at the door and I don't know why he's not looking at me. He's been staring at the back of my head for ages. He's waiting. You keep saying you're a Polishman, for fuck's sake, like your, your dad. Pol- Polishman is not a racist term. That's not. I didn't say it was racist. It's just so wrong. what's wrong with saying Polishman? Just call him a Pole like everyone else in the world. But he needs to... For, for, the, for the image of the story, you need to know he's a man. <laughs> We'll ask him. I can't ask him. He doesn't speak English. All he does is fix fucking tractors. <laughs> and drink sherry. And drink sherry. I've got to go around there and drink sherry and try and fucking understand what the fuck you're talking about. Take a anyway, around here. There's no tisky. There's no alcohol left. Well, I've, I've had a I've had a Campo Viejo. 
which apparently, boys and girls, is the world's, mo- the world's most admired wine. That's right. I'm reading that badge exactly just right now. Excellent. It, there are many, many better wines you can get out of there. Even like this, this actually from from the local shop. You know, like the local shops in villages. Because I live in a near, well, near a village. I don't even live in one. But they have um, like spa, like really overpriced wine. Like a Campo Viejo will cost you eleven quid in spa, but you can get a superior, much superior wine in Sainsbury's for ten pounds. And on that note, this has gone on even bad for us. Let's let's finish this horrible, horrible mess. All right, come on, you Spurs. See you later. Come on, you Spurs. I say, come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Windy, do it. That's cool. That's cool. (laughs) (laughs) See you later, boys. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to Geico.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.